as we uh, continue looking at worship this morning, we kind of bring our, our two-part series to a close. Last week, of course, we talked about the idea uh, of what's going on on the inside, both inside our hearts, but also what's going on inside this building when we're doing this thing that we refer to as worship. And today we're going to begin to look at, uh, okay, what is, the, uh, what, is, what is it that needs to go on outside as it, as it relates to our worship? Now, uh, as you may notice, you were handed a blank piece of paper uh, as you came in the door. And um, I wish that I could tell you that that was some creative design that I had. Um, you know, to, there, there's, there's a reason you have a blank piece of paper. Here's the reason. The reason you have a blank piece of paper is because George normally prints the handouts. And, um, and I don't understand why he couldn't take care of this from Israel. But um, I did them last week, which I knew I was going to need to do them while he was gone. And I got to church this morning and completely forgot. Um, to print those. So that's completely my bad. Um, Stephen made a beautiful handout. I think he's still angry at me this morning for forgetting that. Um, but um, I love you, Stephen, very much. Yeah, no, no reaction. Okay. Um, but uh, but he, he spent a lot of time getting that out, and I promise you they look really, really good. Um, and uh, then I left. I got here, and then I went back home to try to print some up, and my printer would not connect to, the, I, I don't know, it, it it's never done that before. But, but I guess it's not meant for you to have a handout. We'll spiritualize that, right? God doesn't want you to have a handout this morning. Um, I'm just kidding. So anyway, we, um, we decided, hey, we'll give you a, a piece of paper, and we've got some things on the screen. So uh, I will say this. If I go through this and you're really frustrated with how fast I'm going, um, feel free to come up here. I'll give you this, and I'll help you get the blanks and the sentences and things that you want to get. So um, I apologize in advance for that. The thing that, that that video articulated to me was this idea of living out what we say we believe. L living out a life in response to the one that we say we worship, right? I mean, that's, that's essentially the heart of, of what living it out truly means. And I think what we're going to talk about today is at the heart of probably one of the biggest indictments of the church. One of the biggest things that those outside of the church, or maybe those who were, were in the church and now aren't in the church, one of the biggest things that they have against us. Um, Kathy, who's our warehouse kids director, um, just finished up a book um, called Unchristian. Okay, is that the name of it? Okay, just make sure. And she was, she's been sharing, we've been sharing some in staff uh, over the weeks about different things we're reading, and, uh, and she was sharing with us. And this was one of the biggest uh, issues that folks that were, we would consider unchristian, so to speak, one of the biggest issues that they had with us was the fact that they would say, hey, the church folks, they talk a good game, but they're not living what they're saying. You see, really, they're no more loving, they're no more patient, they're no more accepting, they're no more full of grace than the rest of the world. So they're look, I'm not saying that's always a fair assessment, but from their perspective, that was one of the biggest issues that they took with the church. 
was that they're not doing what they're singing, right? They're not living what they're singing on Sunday morning. And so what, what we want to begin to talk about today is this idea of, okay, so we, we talked about last week how, you know, we, we worship and we want, to, um, we want to be singing our songs to glorify God, and it's fueled by the Holy Spirit, and it's this amazing sort of blending of people with all these different, I mean, th- I mean, this is not a huge church, obviously, but even in this room, I mean, the different backgrounds and lives that we've all led, coming together here for, you know, an hour, hour and a half, and worshiping together, it's, it's kind of a beautiful thing that we're singing these songs of truth that the Holy Spirit enables us to sing in worshiping God. But what... What happens or what should be happening when the song is over, right? I mean, it's a good song, but at the end of the day, there's something more to worship than just singing a a good song, that was good, we had a good moment, and then we move on. So the big, the first, I've got three big ideas today, um, because I just couldn't, I couldn't get it down to one. So, so roll with me with three. Big idea number one, renovated worship is about offering, not singing. Renovated worship is about offering, not singing. Now what we're going to take a look at today, and basically our entire time, is just all of Romans chapter 12. Just the whole thing. Um, and I think that we, it's interesting because a lot of us who've been around church, not, not everyone, but many of us who've been around church could tell you what Romans 12, 1 and 2 says. But a lot of times when we talk about a lifestyle of worship, we stop after verse 2, and we don't, we don't really look at the rest. And, and Paul is really unpacking for us, okay, this is real worship, and then this is kind of how you begin to plug into what real worship looks like in the rest of chapter 12. So if you've got a Bible, um, you can turn to Romans 12. If you don't have one, feel free to grab one from up here, and I'll also be reading along with you. Now, the idea of offer, when you you look up the word offer um, in its original Greek, which is what the first part of, of, uh, or what the, the latter part of the Bible of the New Testament was written in, the word offer literally means to place a person or thing at one's disposal. It's basically like saying, I am going to give you my MacBook, right? Like I'm offering that to you or my cell phone, I'm offering that to you or my credit card, okay? Don't get too excited, you wouldn't have much fun with that, all right? I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give it over to you and I'm going to walk away. So the idea of offer, I, th- I thought was, was an interesting way of looking at it. It's giving it over to someone else's disposal, which means I'm giving this over and you can do whatever you want to with it. It's your, at your disposal. And so as we're reading these first couple verses in Romans chapter 12, we need to understand this idea of offering as going, because a lot, let's be honest, a lot of times we give offerings with conditions, right? It's, and, and, and 
in a lot of ways, rightly so. I'm, I'm not saying that we shouldn't. We decide what we're going to give our money to based upon the merit of the organization, the person, the people, the ministry, whatever, that are receiving our money, right? I mean, that, that, that's, I'm not saying that's wrong. That's good. That's positive. But this kind of offering is saying, I'm giving it, and I am, I'm not even going to notice what you do with it. It's at your complete disposal. It's recklessly abandoning as an offering to, uh, to God, which ultimately is what we're going to be seeing here. So let's, let's look at this. I'm going to be reading this from the message, uh, just this first couple of verses, and then we're going to switch over to NIV. So if you have the message, read along. If not, I'll, I'll read this. I just love the way this reads. Romans 12, 1 and 2. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Really recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Essentially what he's saying here is, here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at every exchange you have in your day, every moment that you have, every conversation that you have, just ordinary coming and going life and turn every bit of that over as an offering to God. Give it to Him at His disposal. And if you see it in the NIV, I love this too, I urge you in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So he's saying, hey, all the singing, all the dancing, all the shouting, all the I love you gods, all, the, all that stuff is great, but you want to know what real, what your spiritual act of worship truly is. And that is offering your life as a living sacrifice. That's, that's worship. You really haven't worshipped until you've done that. You know, the interesting thing, I heard somebody say one time, and the idea of a sacrifice, of course, is, is the idea of putting something on an altar. In, in the Old Testament, they would bring an animal and put it on the altar and it would be consumed by the fire as an offering for, to atone for their, their sin. And the imagery here is that we would do that, metaphorically, of course, that we would offer our bodies onto that altar. The, the interesting thing is that the, the trouble, I heard somebody say the trouble with a living sacrifice is that it continues to get off the altar, right? So we put our lives on the altar to give our lives over to God so that He can do what He wants to with our lives. But the problem is we keep, we keep crawling off, right? I mean, I, I know that that's true in my life. So I find myself going, man, I can tell I've, I've crawled off again. 
my life is not in his hands the way that it should be. But the idea here is that we're worshiping by going, you know what, here is, here is everything. You know, I think something that, that we have to understand about worship is that we tend to, to do our lives in compartments, right? And we've got the, well, this is the church compartment, and this is the school compartment, and this is the work compartment, and this is my friend's compartment, uh, this is my politics compartment, this is my uh, social life compartment, this is my entertainment compartment. And we go, okay, all these different compartments comprise up my life. But the problem becomes that what, what he's saying here is that your compartments are not set up the way you think they are. Because every compartment is connected to the other one. You can't disconnect the compartments of your life. And he's saying, God can't just be one compartment that's sitting there. Instead, I want God to be the big compartment that represents all of everything, and you put every little compartment inside of that. That is how you keep your priorities. That is how you worship. You're saying, here's every compartment of my life. I'm giving it over to you. All of it. Yes, even my Facebook status. Right? I think this is Paul telling us that this is the very heart. We sang last week, the heart of worship. This is the very heart of worship. And he gives us some do nots, right? Do not be like the world. Do not fall so easily into the pattern of their thinking. Why? Because the world's thinking is so opposite. When I say the world, I'm talking about people who haven't uh, been impacted by God's word and haven't given their lives to Christ. The world's thinking is me first, my life, the, the, the video at the beginning, my story. I'm writing my story. That's what the world is selling us. That you have a story and you have to go out and write it. You have to, you have to put your name out there. But what this is saying is don't, don't think the way the world thinks. Give your life to God at, to, have, to be at his disposal and let him write your story and then your story can be connected to his story and his story let's be honest is really the only story we may think there are other stories his story is the only one so let's go into big idea number two big idea number two renovated worship is finding your place in the kingdom of God finding your place in the kingdom of God now, let me help you understand what that means. Uh, in Romans uh, chapter 12, again, verse 3, it says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same function. So in Christ... We who are many from one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, 
let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. <clears throat> if it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Now the idea here, it's an interesting transition that Paul makes from saying this is your worship. Transitioning into now let's look at the church. Let's look at what's going on in the kingdom of God. Each of you have a different place that you have to uphold in the kingdom of God that God is asking you to take. And he's saying, this is part of your worship. Part, we, we, I think a lot of times we get so focused on, well, I did worship because I came to church and I sang some songs. And, you know, I didn't go out and do anything bad this week. So I worshiped. Well, that's a very passive way of looking at worship. Well, worship is actually a very active thing. It's a very active thing. It's saying, I need to look at what God is up to. I need to look at how he's created me and the gifts and the passions that he's given me. And I need to look at what he's up to and I need to plug in somewhere. I need to plug in to what God is up to. Here's the thing. We're not sitting here going, hey, we're, we're waiting for God to get, be up to something. You know, we're, we're gonna, we, if we get enough folks around here that are fired up, then, then God will be up to something. Well, we're saying, hey, God is up to something with or without us. Uh, maybe that's not the best, you know, recruitment statement, right? But God is up to something with or without us. Here's the, the awesome part. We get to, to see what he's up to and we get to join in. We get to be a part of what he's doing as he's ultimately bringing in his kingdom, right? That, that's, that's phenomenal. And what it's saying here in this text is essentially God's got a big puzzle that he's putting together, big puzzle, and you've got a piece of it. The truth of the matter is, if you're unwilling to put your piece in, he will find someone else to do it. But don't you want to be a part of that picture that he's, that he's putting together? That's, that's the best picture on earth, the kingdom of God. And so that's, you can't divorce your worship how great is our God. Oh man, I love it. I just love church and I love worship. I love singing. You can't divorce that part of your worship from the part of your worship that says, I'm going to get in, I'm going to roll up my sleeves, and I'm going to get involved in the kingdom of God and doing the stuff that we talk about and sing about on Sunday morning. That's worship too, right? I've got a, a cool video that I, that I found um, that I think articulates the working parts of what it takes um, for all of us to jump in and get on board. Th take a look at this video. Isn't it nice when things just work, <laughs> right? We turn on our cars, 
We know, we know one of two things. Now, 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 some of you are mechanics and whatnot. I don't, I mean, it's unbelievable how little I know about cars. Um, I do pretty good putting gas in them. Um, that's about it. But uh, it's amazing. We, we turn on our cars, and we know, most of us, it either turns on or it doesn't turn on, right? There's a few of us that can do some things about, but I would guess, and I'm not saying there's none, but I would guess there's a small percentage of us up in here that could put a car together. Okay? We know, man, this thing was working. It's nice when something just works, right? Well, the idea in that picture there is if one of those pieces weren't there, that wouldn't have been all that spectacular, right? Would have gotten about two or three levels in and gone, oh, that was a dud. That wasn't that cool. But the fact that all of those parts were moving across the screen to ultimately get us to buy a Honda, um, but all those parts were moving across the screen means that every single part was doing its part, right? And it's no different. I mean, it's really no different in an organization than it is in the kingdom of God. The difference in the kingdom of God to me is that you're not selling a product. You're actually seeing God change people's lives forever. And that's something you go, I want to be a, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that. So I just kind of, uh, I just kind of jotted down a few things. I actually put a Facebook post out there this week um, just asking for folks for, you know, hey, what are questions that you ask? What are things that you think about when it comes to finding a, a place that you, you know, you, you, that job or that, that place in an organization or that, that role in your church where you just go, man, when I found that role, it was like, yes, you know, that, that was my spot. And what questions, what process did you go through to kind of evaluate where that might be? I think a lot of times, and, and, and we're, we've even maybe been guilty a little bit uh, at renovation of this, just by sheer need of the fact that we're a new church and we go, um, can you breathe? And, and do you have a heartbeat? Uh, good, okay, you do this. You know, so it's, it's, there's a little bit of that in the early beginnings of a church. I think we're getting to a place, and I want us to get to a place where we're not just going, hey, do you have a pulse? Um, but we're going, hey, do you, do you want a partner? Yes. Okay, good. L- who are you? <laughs> right? Like, what, what, what is it that gets you fired up? W- what are you bringing to the table? Because we're only going to go further and, and be able to do more and more and more for the kingdom if each and every one of you are using the spiritual gifts that God's given you to use in the kingdom of God. If you're doing that, we're going to go further faster in a way that's unbelievable because we're just going to be flowing in our worship. And the reason I'm saying in our worship is because where we fit into the kingdom is our worship, right? We're going to be able to go further in our worship, which means we're going further in reaching the community, which means we're going further in discipleship, which means we're going further into seeing people following Christ because we are flowing with the gifts that God has given us. So here, here's just some, some questions that, that I, would, I would just not question. Some are questions, some are thoughts. The first thing, how to find your place. Have a partnership mentality, not a consumer mentality. Have a partnership mentality, 
not a consumer mentality. That goes back to Romans 12, 1 and 2. Don't, don't think like the world. The world comes in and goes, you know, I, I work at Chick-fil-A uh, as, in marketing, as many of you know. And man, the, it's just all about, not all the time, but there's a lot of these requests that are just, what can you give me? Right? Like, what, what can I get for free? You know, nothing wrong with being asked for something for free. There's many worthy causes that we do give things for free to. But it's just, that's that consumer mentality, right? Of what can I get out of this? And that was that question last week that we were talking about. As as we leave church, the question shouldn't be, did I get anything out of that? That's a consumeristic question, right? Did I consume anything I liked during that hour and a half? The better question, the kingdom question, is actually asked of the king, of the kingdom, right? God, did you get anything out of that? Did, did, did I bring anything to this for you? Because that's really the kingdom um, partnership mentality is to go, I want to get involved and I want to contribute. Not, I want to come and see what I can suck out of this church. Right? I want to come and I want to contribute and be a part of what the kingdom is doing. Here's the thing. You, it's amazing how the residuals work, right? Because you go, if you have a consumer mentality, you're only going to grow this far spiritually. And guess what? It's never going to be enough. Because, what, and, and I'm just going to be honest, what's going to happen is in a year, two years, three years, you're going to leave here because your, your consumer tank has been full and we can't fill it anymore. We can't give you any more than we got. And so you're going, well, I got to have more, so I got to go somewhere else, right? It's the same way we do a lot of times in, in marriage. It's the same way we do um, in our friendships. It's the same way we do with, with our businesses our jobs, we, we, what can I get, 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 and then eventually I can't get anymore, so I got to go somewhere else. Rather than partnering and going, you know, I'm going to get involved, and I'm going to be a part of what God is doing here, and there's going to be some hard times, and there's going to be some great times, and there's going to be some times when I'm going, I don't really think George and Walt know what they're doing. I'm Actually, I'm convinced they don't. Right? I mean, th yes. There's times I look in the mirror and go, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Right? This morning was one of them. But we're going to go, you know what? We're in this together, and we're going to have grace for each other. And when we're wrong, we're going to call each other out, and we're going to love each other through those moments of wrongness. And we're going to, you know, it's, it's kingdom stuff. It's partnering together and going, I'm going to have a partnership mentality, not a consumer, gimme, 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 gimme. What can you give me? Mentality. The next thing, how, how, do we find, how do you find your place? Have a willing heart. Right? You just got to have a willing heart. That seems real basic, but you just got to go, you know what? I, didn't, I don't look at it as, you know, it's somebody else's turn. Right? I was talking to somebody uh, yesterday. That not, they weren't even from around here. Uh, they were visiting the area, and they were talking about uh, church and how they had, uh, you know, they were going to a church, but they were just going and... Um, and, and that's fine, but they were saying, it's somebody else's turn now. We've done ours, it's somebody else's turn. Well, I get that mentality that you go, I want to create space for someone else 
to serve. I mean, I get that. The problem becomes when you feel like, hey, I've been doing ministry, I've been doing stuff in the kingdom for a long, long time. Instead of going at somebody else's turn, why not go, I'm going to now equip, I'm going now to train, I'm going now to pour in to the other folks who are coming in that now it is their turn, so to speak, but I'm still actively involved in the process of getting them ready and helping them develop. And so it's always a, you know, you, you serve and then you pour into those that serve. And then, you, you know, see, it's, it's this beautiful cycle that you can have. So you have to have a willing heart to go, you know what, I'm just willing to serve. I'm willing to be a part. I'm willing to jump in. Um, the third thing, understand that your giftings and capacity will be different than others. Now, some of you feel like, well, man, I just really want to do this or this. And, and the truth is, <clears throat> you're just not good at it. I mean, I, I'm not, I don't mean that in a, in a bad way. There's things that I would love to be able to do. I mean, I would love to be able to, I mean, I'll be honest, I'd love to be able to do what John does. I think if there's anything, I just, man, if I could just come up here and just, you know, wear that fedora and just play that keyboard... I'm serious. I would love to be able to sit down at a keyboard and be able to play it. I don't know how to do that. My gifting is in other areas. My capacity, another thing, you go, well, I want, you know, and that's, that's one thing for us is we go, we don't really know how big this church is going to be. But the truth of the matter is, this church won't outgrow the capacity of its leadership. I mean, it, it, we don't want it to because that wouldn't be healthy. So we have to understand there's going to be gifts that you have that other people don't have, but you can't look at other people and go, I wish I had that gift. You need to develop your gift and look at your capacity to serve and lead and use that. That's, that's a big, important thing. Understand that your place is a platform for God's glory, not your own. Your place in the kingdom is a platform for His glory. And so, hey, there's going to be moments where you're serving. I mean, there's been moments in my life, in my time being a part of God's kingdom where I go, well, you know, it would have been nice if somebody would have told me good job. You know, like it would have been nice if somebody could have recognized what I did. You know, we've all been there. But the truth of the matter is we can't, and, and we need to be encouraging one another. I'm not saying that's not, that we don't. We need to be saying, hey, great job, good job, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we're gonna try to do our best to, to continue to encourage you but the truth of the matter is, you, you got to get rid of that need to be on display of going, look how great this person is. The idea is that our service and our worship is saying how great he is. That's got to be our satisfaction. And that's, that's a daily battle. Know that sometimes it takes several attempts to find your place. I can think of one young lady right now who started out in this church serving in the kids area and went, you know, I just don't think that's my place. I don't, I don't think, I, it's not that I don't like kids. I just, I just don't think that's my spot. And they've transited. It wasn't that, that she went, that's not, I don't, I don't, apparently serving in the church is not my thing. So I'm just going to, no. She said, you know, I'd like to try something different. Is there maybe another place I could try? Sure. So, so you got to understand, your first attempt at jumping in and getting involved in the kingdom, you may go, I don't really think this is my thing. Well, that doesn't mean jump out. It just means come to us and go, I don't think this is my thing. What are some other places? That, here's what I'm passionate about. Here's what I want to do. Here's what I'm excited about. 
And then uh, the little questions here. Ask questions like this. What things are life-giving to me? Essentially, what are the things that when I'm doing them, it doesn't feel like work? When I'm doing these things, I'm not saying it's not going to be hard sometimes. I'm not saying that there aren't going to be times when you go, I really don't feel like doing this. But for the most part, you go, when I'm doing this, it just doesn't feel like work to me. I just, I, it just flows out of me. I just enjoy it. it. It just gives me life. It doesn't drain me. It gives me life. I can tell you there are two big things for me. When I'm doing music, it does not feel like work. I mean, it's it just, I'm not saying I don't get tired. I'm not saying that, you know, if we play out and it's hour four, that I'm not going, I, I'd like to take a break. You know, but I, it's just, I get life from it. When I'm speaking like I'm doing right now, th- that's why I talk for two hours. That was a joke. Um, but that, that's why I go and go and go because it, I'm getting life from this right now. Right now, I'm getting life from this. What is that for you? What is it? What things have I been given abilities to do? That, that's like my buddy. Man, I had a buddy named Turner in high school. He was just a cool guy. He was a, he was a huge Tar Heel fan, which made him not as cool, but still, huge Tar Heel fan. And he was about that tall, you know, a little shorter than me. And he was convinced that he was going to play for the Tar Heels. I mean, like, I, I mean, it wasn't like a joke. He, and he didn't even make the varsity basketball team, okay? But he was going to play for the Tar Heels. His dad sat down with my dad at one point and said, um, I just need to talk to you. Should I be concerned about the fact that Turner is 16 and he still thinks he's going to play for the Tar Heels and he's not? You know, like, and dad's like, ah, I just let him have his fun. But he's like, I, I feel like I need to sit down with my son and tell him, I, I love you. I just, that's, you're not going to play for, and he didn't play for the Tar Heels. But, you know, I think that we have to understand, we have to look, hey, what, what have I been given the ability to do? What am I good at, essentially? The third thing, what things, uh, what thing does the kingdom need that I have? What, what is it in the kingdom? What is it in the church that there's a need that you have that you can contribute to? And then finally, what are the things that I do that people have responded positively to? Because that's kind of like my buddy, is he thought he was a great basketball player. Other people didn't, okay? So you can't just self-evaluate and go, well, I'm, I think I'm good at this. You need to look around and go, well, have I done this and had positive reactions from it? Like, you know, have I worked in the kids' area and people have gone, you know, my kids really enjoy being around you. They, they, they enjoy coming on Sunday mornings and hanging out with you. Have I been at, 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 in guest services and, 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 and just felt like people, they smile, you know, I'm able to exchange a smile with them and there's positive feedback, you know, or am I just a grumpy rear end at the door, you know. What, what have people responded to positively? All right, big idea number three, and we'll bring this in for a landing. Renovated worship is love responding to love. Now, let me explain that. Uh, Verse nine, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves, never lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope. 
Um, be, be patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, share with God's people who are in need, practice hospitality, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with one another, do not be proud but be willing to associate with people of low position, do not be conceited. It just goes on and on. The idea there is God has loved you. Your worship is not earning his love. Your worship, your serving, your connecting with the kingdom of God, that's not earning his love. It's responding to his love with love for him. It's just a response. It's looking at what he's done and going, wow. Wow. I can serve a God like that. I want to love him with my life. So what are the next steps? Well, the, the first step could be maybe this morning you need to offer your life. Maybe you've never given your life to Christ. Maybe you need to say sorry, thank you, and please. Maybe you need to say, God, I'm sorry that I haven't lived for you. Thank you for dying on the cross to forgive me of my sins. And now please fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can live my life for you. If you would like to pray that, there's going to be an opportunity where you can come up and pray through that with our, our ministry team. You can also write down uh, on, a, on, a, on a note card, on the Connect card, that you've done that. There's, there's a place for you to do that on the Connect card. You can, you can check that, put their information there. We'd like to follow up with you on that. The other next step would be uh, to jump into your place, right? Jump in. Jump into your place. There's a, a, a document back on the information table. One thing I decided to do this, I didn't want to have like all the different teams and their signups because that, that really hasn't gotten us anywhere. I would like if you want to jump in and be a part of what God's doing here and you want to serve and you want to say, I want to find my place here and, and be a part of this, you just need to put your name on that paper and we're going to follow up with you, not by going, hey, you signed up for this, or you signed up, for, but just to go, hey, you signed up because you want to jump in and find your place. How can we help you do that? How can we get to know you? How can we pinpoint what your gifts are and what you're passionate about? And we want to follow up with you that way, okay? So you can put your name right back there on that document. And then finally, I would challenge you to spend some time looking through verses 9 through 21 of Romans chapter 12 and asking, God, where do you want me to focus right now on being more like you? Because man, 9 through 21 just gives you boom, 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 boom. All these different things. Where do you want me to focus in on through these verses to become more like you? Now I'm gonna uh, invite Caroline and John up and we're, um, again, I said we're doing things a little differently um, I'm inviting them up to lead us this morning, just, just the two of them. And, uh, and as they come, I'm going to ask our ministry team to go ahead and, and be prepared um, to receive folks as well. Obviously, our area down here is, is available. Um, if you want to come up and pray or kneel or whatever, they're just going to lead us in a couple songs and we're going to close out with communion like we normally do. But what I'd invite you to do during this time is to think about those next steps. You know, do I need to give my life to Christ? Or do I need to find my place? And, and during worship time, here's what I'd like for you to do. As an act of worship, 
if you need to give your life to Christ, I want you to approach our ministry team and they'll walk you through that. That's, that's one. Secondly, as an act of worship, I invite you as worship, as you're singing and worshiping, to walk back to the table and put your name down if, if, if that's where you're at. And then thirdly, if you have your Bible and, you're, and you want to take that other step, looking at Romans 12, 9 through 21, and praying through, and you can sit, you don't have to stand or whatever, praying through that scripture, God, what do you want me to focus on here as they lead us in worship? If you'd like to stand, I'd invite you to stand now. If you'd like to sit, you can remain sitting. Um, and I'll be back up to close us uh, in communion in just a few minutes.